Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Build Back Better is going to increase taxes. Russia's dangerous and irresponsible behavior jeopardizes the long-term sustainability of our outer space. My client didn't shoot at anyone until he was chased and cornered. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. This case is not a game. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views with Tom and Benny. Clark on the dials. And uh, as we enter into the program, Fox News is reporting the uh, jury in the Rittenhouse case has requested 11 more copies of pages 7 through 36 of the jury instructions on Tuesday afternoon after uh, requesting pages 1 through 6 this morning. The instructions are 36 pages in all, so these are copies of the complete jury instructions. Um, Apparently, there are some protesters brewing outside. I don't know if the media is making more of it than is actually there. Uh, They're talking about a couple of dozen protesters. Half of them are pro-Kyle Rittenhouse. Half of them are anti-Kyle Rittenhouse. So, uh, you know, I'm sure when the verdict comes down, there'll be some sightseers and, um, you know, depending on who pays who to show up to protest, there you have it. But again, as you mentioned yesterday, <laughs> how's this racist? You got a white guy that shot three white guys <laughs> and, uh, it's racist. You know, what's interesting is if you look back at when the charges were filed, they were I don't remember exact time frame, but the charges were filed almost immediately against him. Yeah. So that tells you it was political. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no way they could have done an investigation in time. But the thing, and maybe if we have some lawyers want to call in and explain to us, but a thirty, you know, you, a person gets a jury of the peers, so to speak. Uh, they're not a jury of lawyers or legal scholars. But a 36-page jury instruction sheet is seems to me pretty complicated. That does seem awful long, doesn't it? On something that, um, <laughs> on something that there's videotape that uh, <laughs> tells a lot, I think. Yeah, I, you know, yesterday as they were concluding their closing arguments, uh, closing statements, arguments is probably more appropriate. Um, the di- assistant district attorney Tom Benger, or Benger, how do you pronounce it? Um, he and uh, who is the uh, heavyset fellow? Um, Six foot one, four twenty-five or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a l- rather large fellow. But um, <laughs> it, it was a clown show. How about the how about the big guy's comment? I, I can't remember his name, but I just call him the big guy. <clears throat> um, the comment that making light of the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse brought a gun to a fist fight and didn't have the guts to finish the fist fight. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was beyond the pale. I, I just um, I, th- I think it's I think the legal world in Wisconsin is, is really stooping to Tom, an all new low. Uh, apparently, Tom Binger can be in trouble. You, if you remember in his closing arguments, he he pulled out the gun and was had his finger on the trigger and was pointing it towards uh, well, was pointing it in in the courtroom. I don't know if he had it pointed to any one individual. But apparently, according to Town Hall, he might have broken some laws in the state of Wisconsin. Hey, Tom, Fox News reported he was pointing it at the uh, jury. But, um, well, I saw, that's that, even, I saw that yesterday. That's even yeah. worse. And he had his finger on the trigger. Yeah. I mean, anyone that— What a dip. I mean, what a— <laughs> Anyway, hey, listen, a lot to talk about this hour, and a, a lot of 
regional, state, and some local news, and uh, but it, it all has some pretty big impact on, on, on all of us in eastern North Carolina. Uh, and kudos to my partner here. Something he's been working on for years now has uh, finally come to fruition. I guess it'll be official uh, early part of next year. A section of US 264, basically from I-95 into Greenville, is going to become Interstate 587. And this was uh, this was something you've been pushing for a while now. Isn't it? Yeah, I don't I don't know say that I've been working. I don't know if that's a good statement, but I, you've been bugging people about I've it. I've been bugging the heck out of people about it. And anyone in Greenville and Raleigh would probably confirm that. But um, and I think it's the biggest some of the biggest news for Eastern North Carolina and Greenville and Pitt County, along with passing the budget with the, for the Bro- new Brody School of yeah, Medicine. Yeah. So we got a new Brody School of Medicine with an interstate highway feeding directly into it. So but, 37 miles from I-95 <clears throat> over to Greenville, and if you're familiar with where the that, that comes in, the, the new section, which is uh, the U.S. 264 North Carolina 11 interchange that connects on down to uh, 11 towards uh, Kinston, and then up around that loops around the north part of uh, Greenville. Uh, that's the that's the terminus of it uh, on the eastern end. But uh, this is this is huge to have an interstate come in. Now you say, well, what's the big deal? That road's been there for what thirty years now. Uh, it's a big deal <laughs> because planners who are looking to expand businesses or relocate businesses. Uh, th- when they see that, oh, this town has an access to an interstate, it's a big deal. Yeah, it, I mean, it's people say, well, hey, we got 264, but it's not an interstate. And, and some money has been spent on it to get it to interstate standards. And, um, you know, it started, uh, as far as the, the ball started rolling, I guess, officially in the Pat McCrory administration. He got the federal, um, the federal, highway whatever it's i can't remember the name of the department fit, of transportation yeah federal department of transportation to designate as a future you know interstate and those but, signs have been up for maybe 18 months 24 yeah. months but um i had to give kudos to our local dot board member thomas taft jr i think he's been on there for i can't remember how long now well i guess since Roy Cooper's been in office, maybe, because I think he was a Roy Cooper appointee, I think. But uh, I've talked to Thomas uh, a number of times, and I know Thomas was a big advocate and has been pushing it. And uh, so glad it's happened. I I first learned about the importance of it in sometime, actually, mid-2000s. Actually, uh, either in a bar in Montana or Wyoming, I can't remember which one, but I talked to a national corporate recruiter um out of chicago and they told me that uh hey you don't pass a google search without an interstate highway and so you've, you you got to have one greenville north carolina was certainly the largest city in the southeast united states without a um without an interstate highway one of the i mean it's very few in the entire united states of our size without interstate highway so it's a big deal um well, it's interesting the north carolina department of transportation released a press release earlier today uh, talking about this and in the press release and i came into the studio and i said hey benny did you hear that in the press release they were talking about the fact that greenville was one of the largest cities in the united states not served by an interstate i said did you know that he said i not only knew it i was the one that told the north carolina department of transportation that 
Well, you know, we, there's been several meetings, and I, I'll have to give uh, credit as well. Uh, the Greenville Pitt County Chamber of Commerce. This has been something on their legislative agenda. Um, well, I, I know certainly since I was uh, back when I was uh, on executive committee, and uh, I know they've pushed it as well. But um, but these are the kind of things you know. In the past, you know, remember. You know, when when we were at one point, we're talking about a a, a car manufacturing plant coming mm-hmm. to this area. You know, this is the kind of thing that if you're on the bubble, you know, if you're in the in the final four of a big decision and, you know, you're one of and, and there's three other places they're looking. This is the kind of thing that could put you over the top. Absolutely. Any, anyone that's knowledgeable of, of the transportation industry. I mean, there is trucking companies that just if you don't have an interstate, they just flat out will not drive their trucks on it so you'll have to have a you know another transportation company go to say you know wilson or wherever the raleigh or wherever. closest real estate pick it up and uh, interstate it is and pick it and bring it over yeah. but uh yeah. i know um i i know it was being pushed hard the last uh last administration but uh i i just really know how much thomas taft jr has placed an emphasis on it and and uh, i don't know directly but i've got i gotta think he's got should get a lot of credit for well and listen this is i I know this sounds like it's a greenville story but it really does impact the entire eastern part of the state oh it affects uh well you know it passes through wilson green and uh, pitt counties but just think about you got lenore county close by you've got uh martin county you've got beaufort county you got craven county um it's going to affect this region well you stop and think about it too um, Raleigh, North Carolina, I think, was the fastest-growing metropolitan area in the United States mm-hmm. this last year. Uh, I've got a daughter that lives over there, and I, I have firsthand knowledge about how expensive real estate is in the Raleigh area. And I know Raleigh—now, now, listen, I, I've had uh, a, a sister of mine lived in L.A. years ago. She had a 75-mile commute to work each way. Uh, I know of people who live on this side of Raleigh who commute into th- this area for their their work, uh, which is a little strange. You think it would be the other way around. As as what I'm saying is, as Raleigh continues to grow and get more and more expensive when it comes to real estate, you're going to see more and more people spreading out in every mm-hmm. direction trying to find a bargain in real estate. And those kind of things will actually, I think have a spillover effect now greenville is probably the outer edges of it but i think it will have a spillover effect well 200 years ago cities were built on waterways uh then they started being built on railroad railroads and and now you've got to have a highway uh infrastructure to uh continue to grow lots to talk about i'm gonna go ahead and take a, a break early today i want to get into another story that uh, has some impact some real impact in eastern north carolina and Pitt county but um really affects all of us because the hypocrisy in as as we hear democrats continue to spout off about how conservatives and republicans want to disenfranchise people there's a story right here in pitt county uh that will make your blood boil we want to talk about that when we get back This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is uh, Tuesday, November the 16th, and you have nine days to pick up your turkey and get ready for Thanksgiving. Take a look at your weather forecast tonight. Clear, a low around 43. The next couple days are going to be gorgeous. Wednesday, sunny, a high near 74. Tomorrow night, 
cool, but not cold, cold. The low is only about 53. Thursday, mostly sunny, a high near 76. Sounds good to me. Thursday night, a chance of rain comes in. uh, But next couple of days, get out and enjoy as we have an extension of the warm weather. It'll be, uh, there was frost on the pumpkin this morning. On the windshield, anyway. Well, it's time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's going to get cold again this weekend. I don't know if you've seen that. So, it's. I, I looked ahead to Thanksgiving Day and I saw 61 and sunny. So the grandkids will be over for Thanksgiving Day. It's good to be able to go outside and romp and play and yeah. throw the football around. <laughs> get out. That's right. <laughs> uh, weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, an outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Now, this is interesting. We don't usually advertise this kind of thing, but uh, talking to John LaMonica, he said, yeah, I mentioned this. Um, if you're retired and you're a golfer, and you know something about golf, and you're looking for something to do, and you'd like to play some free golf, are you ready for this? Uh, they've got some openings in their ranger program. You want to be a golf ranger? Got some free time? Eh, it's not a whole lot of time, but uh, something for you to do. And you get some great free golf out of it. Give them a call. Talk to John LaMonica. The number's 252-752-4653. Become a ranger at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Now, this is going to fill up quick, so if you're interested, give them a call, 252-752-4653. Is that like a golf course hall monitor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they if you're playing too slow, they say, hey, guys, pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Um, now, the, most of the rangers out there are good. They know what they're doing, and uh, yeah, they usually stay out of your way. But, uh, hey, it's, it's your chance. Now, sometimes they ask you to go out and, you know, Fix some divots or something like that if you're bored and sitting around. But anyway, give them a call. It's uh, it it hey, it's great golf and the price is right, right? Yeah. If you're retired looking for something to do, that might be fun. Um, so I want to talk about something that has happened. I guess it came to a head last night. I've been talking to, let me put it this way: reliable sources, people in the know, people with firsthand knowledge about the Pitt County Board of Commissioners, last night there was a 6-3 to three vote to approve a voter district map that was not previously made av- available for public review. Now, what's curious about you say, what's the big deal? There's a lot of things that are a big deal about this. For one, there was a map approved. If I, th- I think I've got this right, a, a 927 map was approved back in September. Everyone on the commission voted for this map. Unanimous approval. When have you ever heard that? Mm. Six Democrats, three Republicans, everybody agreed on this map. I mean, that in itself ought to tell you something. Uh, The map was available for public review. Last night's map was not available for public review. Again, I'm getting my information. Now, the Daily Reflector had an article on this today, but uh, I've been doing some behind-the-scenes telephone calling. What's really curious about this is that Democracy North Carolina, which is a highly partisan, liberal, I'll even say pro-BLM group, 
highly partisan. They contacted the commissioners. Now, this was after the first map was approved unanimously. They contacted the commissioners. They even submitted a map. Now, I'm not saying that's the map that was voted for last night, but they submitted a map, and it was the prodding of Democracy North Carolina. They got three individuals, all Democrats, on the Pitt County Board of Commissioners, Ann Huggins, Melvin McLawhorn, and Chris Nunnally. They got together, and and they it wasn't a formal meeting. But to quote an individual I talked to today, they colluded. In other words, they got together and they said, hey, what can we do? Now, was it an official meeting? No. Did the other... Uh, now, I've talked to um, some folks and... None of the Republicans on the commission knew about this informal meeting in which these three decided that they would cook up a new map. The map was voted on last night, and it was, uh, again, it passed. Democrats, six Democrats voted for it. Three Republicans voted against it. Another interesting fact is one of the three, Chris Nunnally, Again, from a reliable source, former, uh, no, I guess he is he's the current uh, Pitt County head of the GOP in the Pitt County, uh, he, I know he was, I think he still is, Gary Weaver, who heads up the Pitt County Republican Party, he was going to run against Chris Nunley. The new map, and, and I think that was pretty much public knowledge, the new map that came out, they moved the line so... Gary Weaver is no longer in Chris Nunnally's district, and they just moved it by like two streets over. Uh, yeah, this, this, and people have said to me, is this illegal? I don't know, but it is highly suspect. And I am so sick and tired of every liberal Democrat going around and talking about how terrible Republicans are because they want a voter ID. How dare they do that? That's disenfranchising people. And you got this kind of baloney going on behind the scenes. Now, you know, the, the, the everybody on the commissioners, they, they could have been at this group meeting where the three, quote, colluded together to, re, to, re, to reintroduce the idea of, hey, let's have a new map. Now, everybody who voted for the original map, since they all voted for it, they could come in and say, hey, I want to reconsider they uh, they did reconsider, and this new map was brought in in its place. The very fact, though, that there has been no public input on this map at all, that it was, you know, and that's the other thing that Democrats always talk about, this transparency, transparency, oh, <laughs> you know, and, and when you have a Democrat running for the presidency, what's the first thing they say? My administration will be the most transparent ever in the history of the United States. This just stinks to high heaven. Now, I've also got it, again, from a reliable source, that there's going to be a lawsuit on this. I can't say who it is, but uh, there is apparently someone has said, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for this and uh, is willing to put up the money. Uh, it, 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 is, it is just pure and simple. It's wrong the way this was handled. It stinks to high heaven. 
I don't know anything much about the story, but uh, just a question. Mr. Weaver, if in this new district, who would he run against? He would have in the new district? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. You I'm not take, that familiar. You want to take a chance as a Republican? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't know. know. I don't know that, but that's, that sounds, I'm like you, that sounds a little bit uh, you know, Yeah, well, come to think of it, come to think, now I, I'm, I'm speculating here, but I think it actually might be uh, Lauren White. Mm-hmm. Who's a Republican? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it might. I think he now might be in her district, but I can't say that with absolute certainty. Now I know this is this is a Pitt County story, but this ought to this ought to aggravate everybody in our listening area that this kind of garbage goes on. And I tell you what, if you live in Pitt County, you need to get on the phone and you need to call your commissioners, and you need to call these three: Ann Huggins, Melvin McLawhorn, and Chris Nunnally. And say, what are you doing? What are the Democrats doing that they would, again, take a map that was agreed upon unanimously? And listen, I know, I know the, the uh, I am personally familiar with two of the three Republicans on the commission, and they're they're very conservative. So it, they obviously looked at the original map and and said, yeah, I can I can live with this. Is any map ever perfect? Do you ever have anything that's perfectly ideal? No, but it was good enough that everybody agreed on it and voted for it. And then you bring in this other map after Democracy North Carolina says, hey, let's reconsider. Which, by the way, if they did influence, I mean, they're not supposed to have, a partisan group like this is not supposed to have any input. Yeah, why why is Democracy North Carolina, I'm just looking at their website trying to get a feel for I I guess it's in their mission that uh, they can get involved in state and local communities, bringing diverse people together. I'm reading from their their mission statement, but uh, why, why is you know why are they so interested in Pitt County? I mean, really? Well, you know, I I, I think it goes back to the same reason that um, the former Attorney General Eric uh, what's his name under Obama Eric Holder a- Eric Holder. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, they realize that politics starts at the grassroots level. And the reason why right now that Republicans are doing well is because Democrats forgot about the fact that it starts at the grassroots level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you when you control the state legislature and right now, uh, you know, there are a lot of states that are controlled by Republicans on the state legislature level, including North Carolina. And we don't have the governor's mansion. But I think they realize that, hey, if we can control the towns, if we can control the counties, if we can control the states, then we've got the whole ball of wax. And because I think right now, because and, and listen, right now we're going through uh, we're going through the whole redistricting process and those states that are controlled by Republicans. And again, you, you've got a lot of Democrats that say, oh, we're going to take them to court, which, you know, they plan to do that with a, the new state maps. You know, yeah, those lawsuits were filed before they even yeah, they, saw, before they saw the yeah. maps. Mm-hmm. But why would you why would you vote on a map, agree on a map, unanimously agree on the map, and then you're going to yank it based on the fact that democracy in North Carolina said, uh, ah, you ought to reconsider. Now, there was also uh, the mayor of uh, Winterville also had uh, had some input that, hey, would you please not split up the town of Winterville? And I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Winterville is still slightly split. Uh, under this new map that was uh, voted on last night, 
But you know, they're gonna, they're going to lean on that. And and I, the, one of the people I talked to that has a lot of credibility, said that the whole idea that okay, we want to keep Winterville whole, and we also want to reduce the number of split uh, precincts down to just six split precincts. Um, this one individual said, you know, that was a red herring. That was an excuse to uh, to redevelop a map that it was more favorable to the Democrats. I'm not familiar with uh, county redistricting rules, but what you know, what governs this? I know you know we we've we've talked about the General Assembly, um, you know, what basically a case that determines the. The uh, General Assembly, uh, House and Senate districts, as well as the congressional districts, but I, I don't know anything about the. the well, you know, it used districts. to be, uh, if and I'm I'm pulling from memory here, it, it used to be that you would you would have uh, your, how many commissioners you have. Now, right now, there's nine commissioners, mm-hmm. and I think there's two uh, super districts that that cover, I guess, the entire county or at or, large. Or, yeah, at large mm-hmm. kind of thing. It used to be everybody was at large. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they begin to say, well, wait a minute, some minority districts don't have any representation. Uh, I, would, I would be in favor of uh, going back to that or at least, you know, not having these small little districts. You know, uh, don't, don't cut the pie too small and, and uh, let multiple people represent multiple areas. Yeah, and to your point about the transparency, I mean, the the Democrats at the state level have been, you know, hollering about, hey, uh, you know, the Republican legislature was doing things behind the scenes, which which is completely inaccurate. Every meeting was televised. You could log on and right. listen to everything's going on. Um, 24-7. 20, yeah, and not to mention that, you know, at the state level, not a single House member in the General Assembly Submitted any map? Democrats sent, submitted any map for consideration, <laughs> and there were already lawsuits being filed before the maps were even drawn. Yep. So, it sounds like the Republican legislature in Raleigh was a heck of a lot more transparent than the Pitt County commissioners. Just sounds like it to me. Anyway, we'll continue to follow this if we can find more information about this lawsuit. But uh, this, I don't think, is going to just crawl up and. Go back to sleep. If you know something about it, I guess people could call in and give us a call. I'd love yeah. to hear from you. Five six one eight two five five. If you got something you'd like to say about it, uh, if you'd like something to argue, and again, everything I've said tonight, I've I've checked with people that are more knowledgeable on this than I am. So uh, don't come beating me with a broom. Uh, the other big news that Benny just referenced earlier in the program, we were talking about the new uh, interstate designation for two sixty four is uh, the fact that Roy Cooper today said he would sign the budget. Now, I don't think he has signed it yet, but he announced that he would sign it. Uh, what's curious about this is, uh, you know, he, he, he came out, as you might expect, and had this big speech that, well, it's not perfect, but the time is now. I want to go forward with this thing. It's, it's, I will sign the budget because on balance the good outweighs the bad. Uh, many that are critical to our state's progress as we're emerging from this pandemic, blah, 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 blah. While I believe that it's a budget of some missed opportunities and misguided policy, it's also a budget we desperately need at this unique time in our history in our state. It is a budget that you had to sign because (laughs) they were going to override your veto and you knew it. That's the only reason you're signing this. Thank you for signing it. Go ahead and take your bows and try to take... uh, 
get get something that looks victorious out of uh, the fact that the Republicans beat you to the punch on this. And again, the the other interesting thing on this. Oh, by the way, Don Davis also, who voted against the last budget, and uh, uh, well, he voted for the budget, but voted uh, <laughs> voted he voted for the budget, but he voted. Sounds uh, like John Kerry. I voted he, first, and then I voted against. But it, he voted it? not to uh, override the governor's veto. Yeah, yeah. In so, other words, he didn't vote for. So, it. in other words, Roy Cooper said, uh, "You better not yeah. uh, vote to yeah. override my veto." Anyway, he said he was going to vote for it this time, and. Um, he said, perhaps this is the greatest time in history of our state to pass a budget with navigating the pandemic and trying to figure out how to keep our kids in school and keep them safe, Davis said. Listen, first of all, kudos to Karen Kozel, who ran against Don Davis last time and brought this to everybody's attention. I'll also give kudos to our own Henry Hinton, who was constantly banging Don <laughs> Davis over the head because he did not vote for the budget last time. And I think, I honestly think there was enough pressure from Republicans all over North Carolina, but here in the eastern part of the state on Don Davis, that he finally did decide, uh, maybe I better come through. Um, and again, you know, based on the new maps, he might have some more interesting competition. Maybe it'll be a little bit more competitive if he runs again. The other thing, too, is I think Don Davis has his eye to one day run for Butterfield seat, and uh, perhaps he's going to need some of those other votes. But, um, again, there are millions of dollars of improvements, billions of dollars of improvements, uh, and many of these will affect the eastern part of the state. Uh, you mentioned the Brody School of Medicine. That's in the budget. Um, there are raises for school teachers and state workers. There are bonuses for state workers and school teachers. There are bonuses for supplement assist, a teacher supplemental assistance um, there's cuts in your personal income tax from 5.25 to 3.99 over six years. Uh, it'll start January 1st, taking it down to 4.99. Uh, there is all kinds of things in in this that uh, increases in child deduction uh, tax credit, $500 per child, emulates, uh, in, uh, eliminates state income tax on military pensions, phases out corporate income tax beginning in 2025. It'll reach zero by 2030. Now, that's nine years away, but listen, there's enough businesses out there that that will attract their attention, saying zero by 2030? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, a billion dollars for broadband. Uh, what's also interesting, and again, we mentioned this yesterday, there is, um, in, in the bill, there is the, um, uh, where is it in here? Uh, make a long story short, the, the governor's emergency powers will be curbed. Now, the governor says that's going to go to court, um, you know, which isn't that the Democrat way. But, uh, I, you know, I'll circle back on that one. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to do you any good. He also said uh, in this, the governor said that the, uh, the governor said the budget includes a policy provision that is a direct attack on the constitutional authority of the attorney general likely a reference to limitations on legal settlements like the one that was reached ahead of the 2020 election, extending absentee ballot deadlines that he thinks would be resolved in the court. So the reining in of Josh Stein as the attorney general to make these out-of-court settlements, um, Cooper said, well, that'll go to court as well. Listen, when the attorney general is practicing in malfeasance, He's not a personal attorney for the governor. 
And he certainly is not there to usurp the laws passed by the legislature, which is exactly what he did in this state board of elections settlement. Exactly what he did. Uh, I don't think I don't think that's going to pass. I, I think even the courts, you're going to have to find a real liberal standalone judge to overturn that governor. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I watched the press conference today, a uh, little bit of it anyway, and and the governor, um, he had the look of a, a of a beat man. <laughs> Um, so, but you know, didn't look too victorious. No, he didn't. But you know, we I got to give credit to uh, a friend of the program, Senator Jim Perry, out of uh, Wayne and in Len- in Lenore counties. You know, he was on the Senate negotiating committee. That's that's not the name of it, but the budget negotiating right. committee. And uh, so, I mean, it took this took it a bipartisan effort to get Roy Cooper to say that he was going to support it. And uh, I I know Jim, Jim was have been work has been working really really hard on it. So uh, so he um, well well consider this he he whipped he whipped for some Republicans in shape, but he also had to you know you know talk to Democrats and get their support as well. So let's but, but uh, give this, him this is a huge win for the Republicans. I mean yep. they, they, you can't under uh, understate what a big win this is. The fact that it it passed it's got the the curbing of the governor's emergency powers uh, is in there the the fact that there's no medicaid expansion in there this is a huge win and for the republicans and a huge loss for the governor it's a huge loss for the governor now that's not going to make the news and observer that's not going to make wral but this is a huge win for for phil berger for jim perry for everybody involved in the process and uh, so, so kudos to them all. And yeah, kudos, and kudos to the Democrats that the Republicans convinced that this yeah. was best for North Carolina, for them stepping up and say, "Hey, let's do what's best for North Carolina. Let's not do what's best just for the governor." It would really be interesting to 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 just ponder: Did what took place up in Virginia? Did did that get the attention of any Democrats down here? I bet it would have a little bit. I bet it would. Yeah, if you're on the edge and said maybe I will, maybe I won't, that might have that might have pushed them over the edge. Hey, we got to take another time out. We'll get to your phone calls as soon as we get back. I promise. Five six one eight two five five. Stay with us. We'll be right back. After work, I turn on the radio. Check in with Tom and Benny. Gotta know what's happening in my city. What's going on in my backyard? Things that are happening locally. I like the local news. Things that I don't hear everywhere else. Don't hear everywhere else. For the local news you want. Kept me informed for all of the local stuff. You know, it let me know what was going on in the local community. Eastern Carolina's news source is news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in, Tom and Benny, 561-8255. We've got, from the Outer Banks, Ellen is on the line. Hi, Ellen. Hey, Ellen. Yeah, hey, Tom. How are you all? Thank D- doing you. great. Good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. Um, regarding the maps for Pitt County, hey, um, you know, what about Greg Murphy's office and his people? Because, of course, he does vote in that area. So, um, And that's what I was thinking of. And, and I thought you might be having him come on here Actually, Greg up, Greg is going to be on with us Friday afternoon um, from Washington. Okay. Uh, now, Greg Murphy lives in Pitt County, but this is a separate map from his congressional district. Now, his congressional district, he right. he is in his his district doesn't really change that much. The, the best part about his district is 
uh, he now has just about all of Pitt County. There's a small sliver to the very northern part of Pitt County. I'm happy about it because I was in Butterfield's district where I live in Pitt County, and now I'm in Greg Murphy's district. But his his district overall is is pretty much intact from where it was. There's some some small changes. I know I think he's disappointed. I think as part of Onslow County, he lost, and of course some of that is military, and so I think he's a little disappointed in that. Uh, but I guess Rouser will take over that, and he's you know he's uh, uh, David Rouser is a great uh, representative as well. But I, I I don't think what what we're talking about with the Pitt County maps is is uh, for the Pitt County commissioners. So this is not going to affect uh, Greg Murphy. Oh, yeah. And I was just thinking about maybe he could contact somebody else to t- just say, hey, look, we're, I'm, I'm up here at the congressional. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, love DC, but yeah. 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 But, but we'd like. Well, know, listen, say, listen. Uh, yeah, that, that's, yep. that's a great uh, shout out for our listeners, especially the ones in Pitt County, to contact Greg and say, hey, um, maybe you need to rattle the cage here and find out what's going on in yeah. Pitt County with this story. Good suggestion, Ellen. I love it. Yeah. All right. Okay, Tom, thank you. Okay, thanks for the call. Thanks. Appreciate it. 561-8255 if you want to chime in. Did you hear about um, the two Duke basketball players that were arrested on uh, DWIs in Orange County? Um, yeah, one of them, Michael Savarino, uh, the coach might be a little upset with him. <laughs> He is Coach K's grandson, and uh, Michael Savarino's mom is Mike Krzyzewski's daughter, Debbie, who was also one of the assistant athletic directors at Duke. Wow. So mm-hmm. Michael Savarino, and uh, he was driving the car. He was arrested in Orange County 1.10 a.m. on Sunday, Sunday morning. Uh, he was with another player, um, uh, Baalo, uh, Baalo uh, Banchero. I'm probably hacking up his name. Um, but Banchero and Savarino were in the car. Banchero was in the back seat. Savarino was driving it. I, I, you know, th- this is one of those deals that you think, well, maybe he'll get a break because he's the coach's son. He ain't going to get a break from the coach. I can tell you that. Uh, if you've ever heard Mike Krzyzewski talk, in fact, you know, I, I always cheered against Duke. And I, I'm, I, well, the fact that I've got a grandson and a son-in-law that both follow Duke basketball, I've got to, I've got to watch what I say now. But I've really come to respect Mike Krzyzewski because of his no-nonsense policy and basically in the last election, you know, he came out. And I, I don't know if he ever came out and said, I'm pro-Trump. But if you read between the lines, uh, some of the things he said about Obama, some of the things he said about Trump, it really, you know, you begin to put two and two together. And you come to the conclusion, this guy's got his mess together. Well, Coach K is a graduate of West Point and played go. for Bobby Knight. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so discipline is in his blood yeah. for sure. My hunch is um, that young man is uh, going to be working out pretty hard. Uh, you know, what, what are some of the uh, exercises that you hate to do? And suicides, uh, suicides. Yeah, I think he's going to be. Uh, he might be suicidal. He's going to be doing so many suicides. Uh, it'll be interesting too. Uh, you know, my my. No, I have no inside knowledge, but uh, just as an observation, 
it would not surprise me at all if um, he was suspended from the team. And, you know, he might have a chance to come back. I mean, he's not a starter. Now, this, this other kid, Banchero is. But, uh, in fact, he was uh, scored 18 points against Campbell uh, last weekend. Mm. But, uh, oh, my, I'm, I'm sure this kid is not <laughs> – uh, he is beating his head against the wall. He'd have had my dad. He would have said, just lock me up and throw away the key. Just don't Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think Shashki is – and look, the, the acorns don't fall too far from the tree. So my, I, I would guess that the daughter, Debbie, this kid's mom – uh she she probably is not too you know distant from uh, mike's uh, disciplinarianism and this is coach k's last year i yeah, think yeah yeah, yeah 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 so it's like son what are you doing couldn't you wait till next year to, to do something this stupid and what's he doing in orange county that's chapel hill yeah was he going over to <laughs> he was over near hillsborough so he is way into orange county yeah hillsborough is uh hmm interesting yeah I, I don't know if they uh, – three sheets to the wind and they were actually lost. I don't know, but there was something near Hillsborough. Hey, we got to take another timeout. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Interesting story that just came out uh, a few minutes ago, and uh, it relates to Merrick Garland's um, threat – to investigate parents who have an issue with school boards and education officials teaching critical race theory and transgenderism. Uh, a whistleblower has come out and said the FBI has created a threat tag, quote, threat tag, to aid in tracking alleged threats against school board officials, teachers, and staff as a part of its implementation of a controversial memo issued by Merrick Garland. An October internal memo email from FBI's Criminal and Counterterrorism Division released Tuesday by House Republicans instructed agents to apply the, quote, threat tag EDU for education officials to all investigations and assessments of threats directed specifically at education officials. Now, what's interesting about this is Merrick Garland testified last month that the FBI wasn't targeting parents. Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, ranking member of the House Committee on Judiciary, tweeted earlier today, we now know the FBI is tagging parents. They consider threatening. The Attorney General has some splaining to do, Lucy. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it's amazing that he's uh, his son-in-law, Garland's son-in-law, is in the business of providing CRT materials Bingo. to schools. Follow the money. That's interesting. Hey, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow. Look forward to it. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.